Welcome to A Gamer's Story. I'm Noah Geekus, avid fan of gaming and gamers alike. Each episode will feature in-depth conversations with gamers from all areas of gaming. Have you ever wondered about the actual gamers themselves? Their motivations? Their home lives? Their quirks? Just how much time they actually spend gaming? And their thoughts on the future of gaming itself? Join me as I ask them just these questions. Are you ready? I'm very excited to welcome our special guest for today's episode of A Gamer's Story. Artist, concept creator, and designer of gaming assets, Christopher Hayes. Christopher is here today to talk about how he got his start as an artist, which led him to creating some incredible weaponry and artifacts for games such as World of Warcraft. As a concept artist, he creates art for characters, creatures, vehicles, environments, and anything that is called for on a project. Concept art is used to visualize ideas so that modelers, animators, and VFX teams can make these ideas ready for production. Let's get started. So I know you're a concept artist. That's such a cool term. So what would happen in your daily life? What would you do? So for concepts specifically, it depends that you're really kind of creating the blueprints for what the game's going to look like. Uh, so you might do uh, new ideas. You might, you might just be doing what we call blue sky phase, which is, you know, coming up with crazy ideas, you know, what, what characters are going to look like, creatures are going to look like, weapons, armor, depending on the type of game you're, you're developing, mm-hmm. uh, will depend on, like, the type of stuff you're concepting. But a lot of it's, yeah, you're just drawing. You're, you're coming up with ideas from imagination. You're drawing and painting. Uh, sometimes you're painting over 3D models, like block-in models for levels to get, get environments to look right. Sometimes you're coming up with uh, new characters, new weapons. Yeah. So a typical day, you you're get an assignment of some sort. Usually, hey, we need, you know, we need weapons or characters for this thing. And then you just start, you start drawing, start coming up with ideas. Uh, for what those things could be. Sure. So when when you're going into a, des- a design like that, you kind of know what you're looking to do, I guess? It depends. Uh, sometimes your art directors um, or designers may have a really clear idea of what they want. They may say something like, oh, we really need an armor set that looks like, you know, when I was working on World of Warcraft, it was like, we really need an armor set that fits, like, you know, the Wardens or an Orc-type armor set. And in that case, you're going into it with um, a really good idea of the direction you want to go. And other times, you're coming up with stuff completely out of the blue. So you may have, they may say something like, hey, we just need a bunch of skin ideas for this game. You know, just come up with stuff. And so you just sit down and just kind of from at random or or just kind of brainstorm what kind of stuff could be cool and then you start drawing it and see what lands see what the art director's like so yeah so you may you may have something like a nice art prompt where you get a good direction or they may just say we need something come give us something you know and it's uh yeah so it kind of just depends I mean, that, that's awesome. I mean, I, how do you just come up with things like that? When, if somebody were just to say, like, just go make something, like, what would your first, what would the first thing you'd do be? So a lot of it is a visual library. Um, a lot of concept artists talk about visual libraries. So you go out in the world, you want to experience as much stuff as you can, right? We play video games because they're going to expi- inspire us. We go to museums, you know, you do a lot of, like, 
looking on ArtStation, you look at other people's artwork, you're just trying to get inspired, right? So you're creating this visual library in your mind of cool stuff, you know? And uh, so when they say, oh, well, we need a we need a cool spaceship. If you've been drawing cool spaceships, you've been looking at cool spaceships, you know, you kind of have this visual library in your head already of like, oh, what would be a cool spaceship? And you kind of can, can get a good go from there. But it depends, like, on the assignment. So sometimes... Uh, you might get an assignment like using the spaceship, like, you, oh, we need a cool spaceship. And the first thing I do is write down a bunch of ideas like, oh, could it be based on this? You know, what are some parameters for the spaceship? Is it like a giant, you know, spaceship frigate carrying tons and tons of people? Or is it like this, uh, like little, you know, X-wing type, you know, single man type of deal? So you're, you kind of come up with ideas of what it's supposed to be and then uh, start looking up stuff, you know, getting some visuals, um, do, do some research, see what spaceships are, see what different people have done, look at mechanical. Like, there's some, there's some cool places online you can get just mechanical uh, diagrams and stuff. So you just go look at that kind of stuff and you go, oh, this would be really cool if, you know, this, this ship is really streamlined. So it's got lots of armor panels on it. Or maybe this one is uh, more of a junker ship, so it's got patchwork parts, you know, all put on it. So you kind of just figure out what, what's going to be best for that specific situation, and then you do some research and start drawing, you know, start noodling ideas. Yeah. Do you take inspiration from a specific artist, or, or do you generally, like, not have one? Just, just anyone. Oh, man. I have so many artists that I'm a huge fan of. Uh, I think that's one of the longer I have in the industry, there's more artists that I've met, more artists that I'm huge fans of, um, constantly finding new guys and new people. Now that the, you know, the internet and the art community is like where everybody's connected. So, you know, I'll find some random dude in Russia who's doing like some insanely beautiful, awesome artwork and I just really get into his stuff or... You know, you find somebody in the Ukraine or in China or, like, just it's really cool to find all these really rad artists everywhere. So, yeah, there's a ton. I have just this massive list of artists that I'm constantly, like, looking at their work and checking out their stuff and and being inspired by them, you know. Um, And different artists for different types of stuff, too, right? There's some artists who I'm like, I really like this for this particular style and some who they're more realistic and some who are super good at spaceships, super good at some that are super good at fantasy. So, yeah, I, I take inspiration anywhere I can get it, um, including uh, lots of other artists. Yeah. Interesting. If you didn't know, I play Magic the Gathering, uh, nice. the card game, nice. and they have really beautiful art. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's actually a great place to get to look at some, some really awesome artists. Magic has fantastic art and artwork. Uh, so a lot of artists that I've found have just been because I was looking at magic cards and I found the artist and started looking up their work and been like, oh man, like Jesper Ising is one who I mm-hmm. really yeah, love yeah. his work. Super good. Wayne Reynolds, I found him by playing lots of Pathfinder and uh, played that for a couple of years. And, <laughs> you know, all his artwork is littered throughout Pathfinder and I just love his stuff and his style. So I'm always looking at his work. Um, yeah, so that's a great way. That's a great way of finding cool new artists is card art. Um, mm-hmm. Same yeah. with Hearthstone. I found a lot of artists I really like by looking at Hearthstone card art. You know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Hearthstone as well. Wow, uh, this is a great conversation. All right, so 
going back a little, can you tell us uh, how you how you became an artist or how you wanted to become an artist? Yeah, I was. Uh, I always liked to draw when I was a kid, and I think everybody as a kid draws. You know, like yeah, every, yeah. Everybody does it some in some aspect, and then it's really the guys who just become artists just keep doing it. You know, I in high school I took a lot of art classes because it was just where it was the most fun for me. You know, it's like you could choose your electives and what classes you wanted to take. And um, I think I ended up taking ten different art classes throughout high school um, through the four years, just because it was like any electives I had, I was like, well, I'm going to go take painting three, or I'm going to take you know pottery four, or whatever, whatever classes. And uh, so I drew a lot. And then um, yeah, I think I think I just. The more I thought about it, at one point I wanted to be a veterinarian, and I had these thoughts like, oh, I'm going to be a vet. And But the more I thought about it, the more I was just into art, you know. It's the thing I liked doing. When I wasn't doing anything else, I was drawing. I spent a lot of time just, you know, get home from school, put on, wait for an- the anime, whichever anime I was watching <laughs> at the time to come on. So I would do homework and then, you know, watch the whatever anime, and then I'd sit <laughs> and draw for the rest of the night, you know. So, yeah, I... I've just always been drawing and then figuring out that I could turn it into a career, that it was a thing that I could do for a living. Even though it's hard to get into it and it's a lot of work, it's totally worth it because I get to draw. You know, <laughs> I still get to draw, which I'd be doing if I was a banker. I'd still be coming home at night and drawing. So um, it's pretty rad that I get, to, uh, I get to do it all day. Drawing at night with like your favorite animes on like Naruto or Sailor Moon or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. uh, that sounds great. So, did your family understand you wanting to be an artist? Like, is that something they accepted? Like, did they did they want you to be like the average like doctor or like those kinds of careers? Or yeah, I'm pretty lucky. My my parents saw that I was an artist. They're pretty pretty chill. And my dad my dad plays a lot of music. He you know he's been playing guitar for years and years and years and. My mom was a painter, and so they were all really supportive of me doing art. So for Christmas, I got a lot of art supplies and stuff like that, uh, which was awesome. Uh, my grandparents, on the other hand, were a little more skeptical. You know, they just didn't understand that you could make money being an artist. You know, they figured the trope of being a starving artist was that's what it was. You just you were going to starve. But uh, and and. and even even when I was into my well into my career, my grandpa would still be like, because he doesn't know anything about games, you know. He'd be like, "Is that a is that a good company you're working for?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, it's a good company. Uh, it's it's paying the bills. It's doing great." Yeah, but my parents have always been really supportive, which has been awesome. I think they understand mo- more or less what I do. <laughs> I don't think they understand it fully, but they they're very supportive, which is great. So. Yeah, I've been I've been very lucky that way. My little brother is actually an industrial designer, so he he designs products and does that kind of stuff. So he he and I kind of both went into the art side of things. Um, he's just more he designs playgrounds and things like that. Which is you know, I design video games. He designed playgrounds and backpacks and stuff like that. So it's pretty fun. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I mean, my parents are also super uh, accepting and cons- because uh, obviously I'm doing this. Like, this is quite an endeavor. Yeah, yeah but, that's um, awesome. But now, but now we're here, and I get to interview people like you, and that's great. Yeah, it's a ton of fun. That's super cool, and that's that's an awesome exposure too because you get to meet people of different careers and backgrounds and all. Especially if you're gaming centric, you know, because there's there's a ton of different career paths in video games. You know, there's. Uh, it's not just being an artist like there's 
you know, 3D artists, there's 2D artists, there's like lawyers for video games, there's programmers, there's, you know, technical artists, there's so many different facets of making a video game. You don't have to necessarily be like a brilliant illustrator to, to go make video games, you know? Yeah. Right. Like, I'm sure you got experience with like 2D art when you were with Hearthstone and stuff and like 3D art with other games. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I my, started my career at, worked at Disney Interactive Avalanche. Right. I yeah. I heard about Infinity. that. Yeah. And that was, uh, that was a ton of fun. And I started as a concept artist, but I went from that to doing character art for World of Warcraft, which, uh, the character team there does their own concept art and their own 3D models um, and their own textures. So I got to do kind of a big variety of stuff. So sometimes I was doing a drawing one day and some days I'd be doing a 3D model and some days I'd be painting that 3D model. And so, yeah, you get a lot of experience across the board, get a little little exposure to all the different aspects of the game production or at least that part of the game production anyway. Wow, that's so cool! You're you're like a behind the scenes pass to all the coolest games. <laughs> yeah, it's there's a yeah there's a I've worked been really lucky to work on a bunch of really cool, um, really fun projects uh, over my career and and uh, yeah each each game each project has its own challenges and its own um, its own unique dynamic but uh, yeah they've been really fun so. So, yeah, uh, I know Blizzard is in California. So did you move to California to go work with Blizzard? or? I did, yeah. So I grew up in Atlanta, and when I was looking to, for schools to go to, I ended up landing at BYU um, because they had one of the nation's best animation programs um, at the time. And the placement for animation was really high. It was really hard to get into the program. But it, they worked directly, were mentored by Pixar and DreamWorks, and a bunch of these studios would mentor them. And so I ended up moving to Utah to go to BYU, and I got into BYU, and then met my wife here. We, you know, Disney was here, and um, the, the studio was in, in here in Utah. Uh, and then, yeah, I got the opportunity to go to Blizzard, so I moved out to Orange County, out to California, and I lived there for six years while I worked at Blizzard. Wow. Yeah. And then, wow, a long time. Yeah, which it was great. I love Southern California; is a is a blast. It's expensive, but it's uh, it's beautiful. So you get that you get that beach life, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, and then I went to Epic Games for a while, and they had a studio out here in Salt Lake, um, and my wife's from from out here, and so it worked out to come back up here. Uh, and then recently, I've actually gone back to Blizzard, and I'm going to be starting back back on Hearthstone again, and. Because of the COVID, because of all of the, you know, everything's gotten changed, Hearthstone's actually going to let me work remote. So I'll be working from Utah for Hearthstone uh, back in California. So that'll be, I kind of get the best of both worlds. So it's going to be, be great. That's yeah. great. That, that's awesome that you get to work from home. When, so when you went out there, uh, do they have like a studio that you worked in? Like, did you commute to like a studio and then come back home or? Yeah, yeah. When I they have their studio for Blizzard is in Irvine, California, and um, so I I worked on on site there for that six years while I was there, and uh, yeah, it's it's awesome because you're you're just going in and hanging out with other artists and working all day on. It feels it feels like you're in this really cool collaborative environment. Um, the environment at Blizzard is awesome. You know, everybody's desks are just covered with toys and, you know, figures and statues. And everybody's uh, playing different video games and hanging out and playing video games during lunch and stuff like that. So 
it's a ton of fun uh, to be at an actual physical studio. There's uh, a really fun energy that comes from it. And uh, so when I was, yeah, when I was there, I worked on the World of Warcraft team for five years and then uh, did a year on Hearthstone. And um, I got moved to a different building. Like, there's so many people at Blizzard that they've got, like, six or seven buildings or something like that, like a bunch of buildings. And so um, when I was on, Bl- at, uh, on World of Warcraft, I was on, in one building. And then when I moved to Hearthstone, I moved to a different building. But, yeah, it's super fun working on, on site in the studio. So, uh, obviously, as I said before, I've played Hearthstone myself. Nice. Great game. So what did you work on in that game? Um, I started by doing card art. Um, I've done a handful of different cards for Rise of Shadows, uh, Rastakhan's Rumble, and then I was doing card art for Hearthstone while I was still on the World of Warcraft team, and then Hearthstone asked to borrow me because they had a shortage. One of their artists left, and they just needed help getting stuff done. And so, so they asked to borrow me, and I came over, and I started working with them, and we all got along super great. And then they were like, hey, man, do you want to come over here, like, all the time? And so I said, <laughs> sure. And, uh, and so I came over uh, full-time onto Hearthstone and uh, worked on, so, like, the Rise of Shadows logo uh, for that expansion. I got to paint that uh, and design that. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, and then it's, like, a lot of, like, user interface because Hearthstone's such a, like, a user interface type of game. And so I do a lot of, um, you know, little menus and icons and and you know, little cool trinkets and stuff that you do, that you use for the interface and, and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's super fun. Hearthstone, Hearthstone is a really fun team. Um, you can tell by their expansions, like, they're putting them out every couple of months, which is fantastic. And then yeah, they're, that's great. they're also, like, they're really fun. You know, there's a lot of, like, silly, quirky fun. And the whole team is really rem- reminiscent of that because they, they're always having a good time. They're always, you know... It's just a really, really cool, fun environment to work in over on Hearthstone. So, yeah. Do you have a, a favorite card that you've worked on? Just like if you were to show someone your hearts, your Hearthstone cards, like this would be the one that you would say your favorite is. I think my favorite is the Sand Trooper one, where I did a kobold in like a sandstorm, and so it's this this kobold in rags, and he's like hiking yeah. through the sandstorm. Does he, doesn't he have a candle on his head? Yeah, he's got a candle on his head, and he's got like a little. Thing built like up thing over his over head it, to, yeah. to block the candle so that yeah, you've seen winds. that one. Yeah, so I think that was one of my favorite ones. That's probably one of the last ones I I did. Yeah, Hearthstone cards are super fun because they they give you this little description of what they want the scene to be, and then you do a couple of like rough ideas and different compositions, and then you you know show that to the team and they go, oh yeah, we really like A, you know, or we like B, and then you go kind of take that and you just keep polishing it and working on it and. So doing illustration work is so, like, it's a ton of fun to do illustration work. But I think that's my favorite card, yeah. That I've oh, yeah, that, that art looks awesome. Thanks, um, man. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I've gotten that card before. It's, 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 it's so cool to, to understand that you've worked on one of the games that I've actually played, which is, it's, that's awesome. Yeah, Hearthstone's so much fun, and it's, like... I, I run into people all the time who will, like old friends and stuff from high school and they'll be like, hey man, check it out. I got one of your cards. And they like show me on their phone and I'm like, yeah, you got one of my cards. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's super, it's super fulfilling and it's especially exciting when your old friends from high school 
bug you and they're like, dude, I got one of your cards. I haven't seen them in like six or seven years. And they're like, yo, I got a car. Yeah, it's really fun. Okay, so um, speaking of which, do you actually like play the games you work on? Like, do you still play World of Warcraft or Hearthstone or... Yeah, I I do and I don't. So um, <laughs> I I have a tendency to play the game I'm working on a lot. So when I was working on World of Warcraft, I played it more than I played any other game. Uh, and that was because I was constantly working on it. I wanted to be immersed in it and know what was a good thing for the players and what people were saying about it, what people thought. Um, that way I could give the best ideas that I could and come up with the best stuff. Same with Hearthstone. So I, when I was working on Hearthstone, I played Hearthstone probably more than I played almost anything else. But then, uh, yeah, when I stopped working on Hearthstone, I kind of fizzled out, didn't play, on, play it as much. I started playing the, the next games I was working on. But what's really cool, uh, Blizzard, uh, when I was on World of Warcraft, you had an hour to every Friday that they just wanted you to play. So you had a blocked out time and they'd just say, go play. And like that was your job for those few hours was to just go log in and play World of Warcraft because they wanted you to keep playing. They wanted you to experience what the players were experiencing. And then help. it helps because you can go, oh, you know what? This piece over here is broken. We need to fix that. You find bugs or, or you go, you know, it'd be really cool if, you know, <laughs> we had this awesome weapon that did this. And if you're playing, you get a better sense for it. So I play the games I'm working on the most, but I also play other games too. So uh, when I get a chance, so currently I've been playing Zero Dawn Horizon. Um, that's been I got a PlayStation Five, and they they made that whole game free recently, and so I was yeah. like, I'm playing this. And so uh, <laughs> yeah, I I had been waiting to play it for a while. I kept it's on my list of games to play, and they made it free, so I had to play it. So um, yeah, so I've been playing that lately, and then I've been playing Hades. Uh, yeah, yeah, super good, man. I love that game. That game is just a blast. So yeah, I go through phases. I have two kids, and so uh, sometimes my kids let me play games, and sometimes they, you know, make it really hard. I have to wait till they're asleep to play. Uh, but and sometimes, like depending on the game, my kids will just sit and watch me play, which that's great. Um, <laughs> My kids are obsessed with Breath of the Wild right now. And so my wife will sit and play Breath of the Wild, and they will just be transfixed for hours while she sits and plays Breath of the Wild. Um, yeah. I wish so, it was like that for my family. Like, I right. was, they would sit and watch me play. Sit and watch you play games. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really like watching people play games, which is some a weird phenomenon that I think happened when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't always have the nicest, newest game systems, but my friends up the street were super game obsessed. I mean, they beta tested EverQuest when they were like teenagers and they were always buying games. Like they would work, go to work and they would save up their money in high school just to buy games. I saved up money to buy comics and anime and they <laughs> saved up their money to buy games. And so I would go over to their house and just sit and watch them play for hours. And it was super fun for me. And so as I got into my career, um, I got into college, I realized if I was going to play a l- games, I was going to not get good enough at art if I kept playing too many games. I wouldn't get good enough at art to, uh, to actually make it in the industry. So I switched to watching people play games like on YouTube. It was like the beginning of YouTube, people putting their videos like walkthroughs on. And so if I didn't have time to play a game, I would just watch somebody do a walkthrough while I would paint and while I would draw. And so it kind of became my background was like, oh, yeah, like 
I kind of played that Tomb Raider game, but really I just had a walkthrough. I watched somebody do a walkthrough. So I got the essence of the game. I got inspired by it. I got some cool ideas from it, but I didn't actually pay for it or go buy it or go play it. I just watched somebody play it, you know? Yeah, so you, totally. Yeah. I've done that. Except except for me, it's like I don't have the, sometimes I don't have the money to go get the games because yeah. if you if you didn't know, Magic and, like, all the other card games that I play, uh, they sometimes they cost a pretty penny. So, um, oh, yeah. So, so if I don't have enough money to just go get a game. And my mom always says this, too. She's always like, no, why don't you actually just play these games? Why do you watch them? And I'm like, I don't have all the, I don't have the money for yeah. all of these games. I don't have the money for all of them, so I'm going to watch them. Yeah, yeah. totally. There's a, there's a YouTube streamer that my, my kids particularly watch because he plays a lot of, like, Breath of the Wild and Mario and stuff like that. And my kids just love watching him play those games, you know. My kids' introduction to, like, Mario and Zelda and all that stuff was because they found people on YouTube who were playing it, and they just got into it, you know. And they're pretty little. Like, my oldest is only five, so he's already wow. obsessed with, with Breath of the Wild, and he's obsessed with Mario, but it's not because he's played those games. It's because <laughs> he's watched people play those games, you know. Yeah, so bringing up a point that you said uh, earlier, you said that your friends, like, beta-tested certain games. Do you, yeah. like... Do you like the developers ever like test out like let's just say for Hearthstone like test out a new card that they're planning on implementing? Oh yeah, in fact that's kind of part of the job. They really want you to, to beta test. Um, so there's a lot of internal testing on games. For World of Warcraft, they would say, "Hey, we're gonna we want to test this patch. Everybody log in at this time, and we're gonna play for a couple of hours, and then they'd all we'd all play it together and take notes, you know, you, we just keep a Word document open, take notes, oh, at this point, this, this weapon's broken, this, effects is, this effect is broken, hey, this thing felt weird, uh, what if we were able to do this other thing instead? So especially on Hearthstone, like, playing new cards and new card deck balances and stuff like that, they definitely throw us all into the, to try them out. And that's been the case with every single game I've ever worked on. They definitely want you to beta test it as much as you can. And then, if you're at a company like Blizzard, you also sometimes get to beta test really other cool games that are being worked on. So, um, <laughs> I've been playing Overwatch since since it was, you know, super super beta, um, just internal betas. And like back when, you know, Genji before his animations, he just was like a 3D posed character that just slid around. He didn't <laughs> animate. He just like you know, just because it was just dude, my favorite character. He was Genji. Yeah, he's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, so I played. I played so much Overwatch. That was that was my uh, addiction for for many years when it came out. Was playing Overwatch. It's been it's been a while since I've played uh, recently, and I need to get back in. But um, yeah, so you get to play that. Like I got to play Hearthstone before Hearthstone was released to the public, which was That's super fun. Awesome. I wish yeah. I could play. I, I wish I could just say that I've played Hearthstone before it was released to the public. Yeah. It's, it was a it was a pretty promising game even back in its earliest earliest stages and I, and I played it and I was like man this is going to be huge this is awesome and it, it was pretty huge so uh, yeah I really uh, really fun to get to play that kind of stuff at a game studio so if you're at a game I'm sure it's the same if you're at like a game studio like Riot or any of those that have multiple games I'm sure you get to work on and, and test those internal. <laughs> Game. Yeah, yeah. Because I know that, uh, I'll go back to Magic right now. Um, I know that Richard Garfield, he had like this friend group and he would always play like games that he made with them. And then when he finally brought out Magic, 
like as a beta, like paper cards, nothing, nothing crazy. Every, all of his friends knew that that was gonna be the that was gonna be the hit of the group. Yeah. And what do you know? Now they're making like millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, well, yeah. Wizards of the Coast is is one of I think they are the like one of the biggest publishers in the world now. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, with Magic and with Dungeons and Dragons and all the stuff that they make, Wizards of the Coast <laughs> is fantastic. Yeah, it was funny because when I was in middle school. I had a kid who, another, a friend who used to draw uh, a bunch too, and we would ignore our science class that we were in before lunch, and we would sit and we would draw up our own, like, characters and fake cards, and then when we'd go to lunch, we would pass them out to our friends, and we had this, like, little mini, like, mini card game that we would play, and then we'd just throw all our art away. Like, we'd just throw all the cards away at the end of the day, and then we would draw new ones the next day. And so we went through hundreds and hundreds of just these silly little character designs of whatever we thought and we give them powers and abilities and it was a super broken mechanic game but uh you know that's what we did at lunch is like the four or five of us would just sit around and play with this this homemade card game that we because we weren't allowed in school to bring any like cards or card games or any of that stuff to school they were um they frowned on it but if we made it it was our drawings they couldn't really do much about it so yeah yeah, it's funny because n- nowadays, actually, uh, last year before COVID hit, um, I used to play uh, with my friends. I used to play Magic. This little friend group, we all had we all had decks, and, and we just bring them to school in our little bags, and then we'd take them out when we, before we came to lunch, and we just play. And awesome. and it just yeah, it's great because and now uh, people think of it as like really creative. I mean, I do too. I think of it as like oh, a yeah. g- great creative game way to get. It, get yourself or your kids away from your phones just generally totally. like just to think better just to strategize better i think yeah, it's all of those things strategy. yeah Mm-hmm. For sure. And so now, when when we pulled them out, well, I don't think our teachers noticed much. But also now, when we pulled when we pulled them out, nobody's ever going to come out like, you can't have these. No, they're, yeah. they're like, oh, this is a cool little game. I mean, we've been noticed a few times, but it's not. But it's never been like a bad thing. Everyone's always come yeah. over, and it's like, what is this? Oh, this is a cool little game. Yeah, magic is. All my friends in high school played magic. I didn't. I didn't play as much. Um, one of my buddies up the street, he played Magic in some of the early tournaments and won scholarships for college playing wow. Magic. And so I think he ended up with, like, the first year or two of his college paid for just by playing tons of Magic the Gathering tournaments in high school. Um, wow. And it's only gotten bigger since then. So, I mean, this is, like, circa, you know, this is, like, early 2000s. I graduated high school in 2004. So... This was, uh, this was, you know, in the early, early 2000, 2002, 2001, and he was winning championships and stuff and making money for, for that college, which is pretty cool. Yeah, because uh, I just watched, like, a video, like, a little bit back, not about the evolution of Magic, but I watched a video of, how, like, the older points of Magic, and, like, I watched a tournament, and, like, they were using proxies. They never had any sleeves, and if, for the people who are listening or watching, proxies are when you when you create a, a card that you don't actually have. So they were using proxies. They were they didn't have sleeves on, and now like we have this whole big boom. Now people have sleeves, sideboards. Nobody uses proxies anymore. Um, this whole big boom of just create this crazy game that just came from this guy uh, in 1993 in in his college dorm room who was like who decided to like present this game to all of his friends there's even like the some of the sleeves for the magic cards now you can get like 
specific sleeves to different cards that expand the art and all sorts of stuff now. Yeah, it's such a rad game. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I know a bunch of people at Blizzard who, who you'll see when I was there anyway, like you would see at lunchtime people sitting around the, you know, in the cafe or the cafeteria or whatever and they would be playing Magic the Gathering and just tons of people playing Magic. Which is awesome. Yeah, as I said, this has been a giant boom because cards that are now $100,000, like this card called Black Lotus, one of the expensive cards in the game. Back in the day, uh, there's a funny story where this guy named Josh, Josh Lee Kwai, who runs this show uh, podcast called The Command Zone, and he said that he had uh, an option between a pack, which was $4, or a Black Lotus, which is the card that we were talking about, and he decided to get the pack because it had more cards oh. in it, oh. and then now and now it's just such an expensive card. Oh, yeah. And if, if he had taken that and he had saved it, then he would have... He would have been rich. <laughs> Man, I had all of the original Pokemon cards, too. Like, all of the originals. Um, and I had all of the foil, like, holographic Charizard and all of the stuff. Like, I had collected those like crazy when I was young. And I hit this point when I was, like, must have been 18 or 19. And I was like, oh, I don't need these anymore. And I took my whole binder of all my cards and I gave them to my little brother. And I was like, you can have these. And he has since lost all of them. And oh no! There are thousands of dollars worth of cards that, uh, if he'd have just hung on to them, he would have, he'd have, he'd have made some bank. Or if I'd have just hung on to him, I'd have made bank. Um, but yeah, that's, that's too bad. Yeah. yeah, that's how the cookie crumbles, you know. That's that's right. That's right. You never know what's. Yeah, not to say it. that I haven't lost cards either. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Uh, it's it's all good though, you know. No, on to the next on to the next cool thing <laughs> yeah so uh, not not to put you on the spot but what's your favorite project or game that you've worked on oh man that's yeah that's I think and you can have more than one actually I think Hearthstone's probably one of my top it's just such a fun project and like the team structure is really well organized um, everybody on there is like really creative so Hearthstone's been one of my favorite projects to work on I really had a lot of fun working on the Battle for Azeroth expansion for World of Warcraft. Yeah. Um, that was so much fun. The The whole pirate faction, the whole seafaring culture of Kul Tiras was kind of like a dream of mine to, to get to design, and I got to design a ton of that. And so that was just so much fun to work on because it was just I was designing these like seafaring pirate mili- nautical military guys and I've always been super into that kind of aesthetic and so uh, yeah that was super fun to design but I'd say yeah I think Hearthstone overall is probably one, one of my favorite projects to work on and I've been yeah I've been on a ton but I think each project has its own has its own like appeal has its own unique mm-hmm. challenges um, and its own fun so yeah, we, each new project you get you get on, you just uh, you see how it goes, and you just give it your best, and and you find the fun in it, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I understand what you mean about the creative part because in all Hearthstone sets, there's usually like one or two, more than one or two, but uh, cards that are like wacky and fun. Oh uh, yeah. And like there's and then there's those cards that are serious and cool, and and for all of them, it's awesome. It's just awesome to to see. Because every time you see a card like that, you're looking at this card and you're like, oh, this is so cool or oh, this is so funny. I mean, it, it almost always uh, makes you give some sort of reaction, no matter whether it's like like funny or heartfelt or like serious. Exactly. And the Hearthstone t- 
team, they would have big brainstorm sessions to figure out expansions where everybody just throws out crazy ideas and, you know, just ridiculous stuff, uh, ridiculous ideas. And, and they have this really great philosophy of, like, there's no bad ideas. We're just be as silly as you want, have as much fun as you want, um, throw out these ideas and we'll see what lands and what, what everybody starts ex being excited about. And so, um, yeah, like a lot of, uh, from those meetings, I've seen some expansions come out that started in those meetings where it's just somebody threw out some random, what if we did like a school for magic? And then, you know, the School of Mancy uh, expansion comes out. And it's it's like people it's re, it's really fun and it's really like open for just cr throwing out crazy ideas and I think that shows through on that game specifically you just end up with a lot of just a ton of fun you know a lot of fun fun projects it's a fun project and fun ideas and crazy cards like some of the cards are like you said are super wacky and goofy and some of them are like cool and serious and I think they strike a nice balance between that which is rad. Yeah, and I also think that there's a, there's a same thing for magic because magic is often very serious, and but then there's yeah. also those cards that are just like like this is just dumb fun, and, and oh, then yeah. of course for people who don't know they have these different expansions. So far, I think there's three of them. They're called the unsets, and effectively they're just like silver. They're silver border, meaning you can't play them in like normal play, but it's just like a lot of fun to just like look at these cards, and they have no correlation to like regular magic, and they can just do like whatever they want with it. Like you know that there was just like a team of people who are like, okay, just throw out any idea, and then and then like <laughs> like these these workers are probably like, we should make this card that deals damage. But it, it'll be a pie pun, and we'll have it be a pie, but we'll actually make the damage it deals 3.14. Like, and, and then that was a card that was actually made. And it's That's so awesome. funny to do because, like, because people actually draft these sets, and not like they play in, like, regular play. But it's just so cool to, like, see these, like, interesting and, like, new kind of cards come to, like, come to fruition from the minds of just some, some regular person. Totally. I like it when, when uh, a game can kind of uh, almost make fun of itself by just having tons of fun or being super silly, you know? I think that that's... I think we need a little bit more silly sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that it's always interesting when you merit a reaction in someone, like, with just a card. If it's a laugh, it's a, if it's, like, something serious, if it's, like, you look at this card and you're like, oh, my gosh, the character on this card is so cool. Either way, if, if you have that sort of interaction, it really does make people come back for more. It's also good to see other people's reactions to cards. Like, if you agree, disagree, you can have conversations just built on that, not even the actual, like, the, the playability of the card itself. And that is something super important to have people be fans of the game and have, it, and have people keep coming back just, just to know that, that they have cards that they can con converse about with their friends. And like yeah. and understand really well. Totally. I think I've had that kind of conversation many, many times with my friends. New cards were just leaked for a recent magic set and my friends we're completely debating on it. Like we're doing on whether it was good, whether it was bad, how how it worked in certain decks and didn't and, and I just think it's very cool when you have those conversations. No one really even needs to come out on top. We didn't really come to a consensus until the next day. <laughs> like we yeah. needed a whole day around just to finally agree on one thing about that card. And like you can just have your own opinions on each certain card and then when it comes down to it, all you need to do is just play it and figure out. 
Yeah, I'm always amazed by the skill of the of TCG designers that are just balancing that give the game because it's I can see it so easily you can break you know break your own game with the wrong card. And so uh, I'm always impressed by like their skill in being able to understand the meta of the game and understand like if we introduce this, it changes this, and like the, those designers are top notch. So the designers for Magic and the designers for Hearthstone and any any TCG, like I my hat goes off to them because it's a lot of work to design those, and make them work. Yeah, and a lot of times in, like, sets, you'll have, like, hundreds of cards, and, like, there's a set coming out, like, every three months, so it's like, okay, we have to design 125 cards in this set, or, like, 300, 200 cards, like, hundreds of cards in this certain set by however, and I mean, it can take as long as they want on the design process, but it's still super, super cool that they have to design hundreds of cards, and and they somehow have to figure it out, and then and then it comes out to the consumers, and, and it's it's always just good. Like, I, I, I don't think, like, anyone's really been disappointed with the Magic set in a really long time, like... Yeah, it's a, definitely a credit to, uh, a credit to that those designers doing really good game balancing and really understanding their game, which is, yeah, like I said, my hat's off to them because that's that's beyond my ability. You know, I just like to paint pretty pictures. <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, I think it's super cool that you can paint, though. I mean, I I personally have no artistic talent at all. <laughs> I think uh, yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of just doing it a lot. You know, it's, it's the ten thousand hour rule is certainly an effect where you just got to put in a ton of time to like learn how to do it you know and start teaching yourself if you wanted to do if you wanted to learn it yeah so i think i think uh, there's people with aptitudes toward it with some natural talent but they think a lot of it too is just like the skill of sticking with it long enough to get get better at it and get good at it and you you never stop in this career you, you're never like okay I'm good I've learned how to draw I've learned how to do this you're just always trying to get better like always like in in three years from now I'll look back at my work from today and be like ugh uh, it's so bad I need to get better I'm so, I'm so much better now and, and three years later I'll look back again and it's just you just constantly are <laughs> working to get better and better yeah absolutely um, so we're gonna wind down here we uh, have like three or four more questions for you sure so, do you enjoy making like the assets, like weapons, armor, like stuff like that? Do you like do you like that? Like, and do you like like certain types of armor? Like, if you were to make an armor for an orc versus armor for, I don't know, kobold, let's say. Yeah, uh, I I really like designing props and and weapons and stuff like that. I also like designing you know characters and armor sets. Uh, Preference-wise, I I lean toward fantasy overall. So I I like if you gave me a choice between designing like space armor or designing uh, you know some fantasy armor set for an elf or an orc or something, I'm gonna choose the elf and orc every time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like I like designing fantasy stuff. I mean, I read a ton of fantasy books. Mm-hmm. I play D and D. I've been playing D and D for years and years and years. Um, so I'm just I just love fantasy. I think it's a super fun escape, and so. I have a good time designing props and environments and sets and characters, but if you give me anything in those themes that are fantasy, I get super stoked to design it, you know. So that's definitely definitely my bread and butter is fantasy. Hearthstone must have been a big break for you then. 
Hearthstone was great. Hearthstone was super fun. World of Warcraft is a lot of fun too because it's it's a whole huge fantasy world. So yeah, yeah. Basically, anything you do in World of Warcraft is you know hits that fantasy. It, yeah, it's that fantasy fun trope. So whether you're designing an armor set or a weapon or a, you know some some creature, you're it's almost always some crazy fantasy thing, and so you're having a good time. Yeah, whenever like whenever one of my t- like ELA teachers is like, "What's your favorite kind of book genre?" It's always going to be fantasy. There there was never any debate yeah. ever. Like I when we came here, my mom was like, "You want you want to bring a book?" And of course, I brought a fantasy book. Uh, yeah, nice. There's yeah, so I have it literally right beside me here. So <laughs> it's funny. yeah, I I read a ton of fantasy books and I audio I audio book a lot because uh, I can listen to a book while I work. And so that kind of just got me into into reading or listening to tons and tons of uh, fantasy authors. And so I'm always looking for good new fantasy authors to to explore and to <laughs> listen to. And and yeah, I, I really like being immersed in a world like that. It's a lot. Of yeah, fun. my mom audiobooks a lot. She she likes audiobooks. I I tend to read more of this because sometimes I uh, tend to read, sorry you couldn't see that but I tend physical. to read more yes physical books yeah. and then um but because this, this is only because I don't really like to like work the phone I I, I mean I, I like my phone for like games and stuff but and like yeah. calling people but if, if I if I have to do something extra with my phone it's probably gonna be hard for me yeah for sure I used to read physical like all, all my physical books um, my physical fantasy all through like high school but yeah and then it's just I never have time to sit down and just actually crack open a book and immerse in it like just do that and so the audiobook gives me an ability to multitask so I've ended up doing a lot of audiobooks um, I have a hard drive that's just just audiobooks and I think it's like four terabytes now so oh my it's gosh. just just a lot of a lot of audio yeah i've got days and days and days worth of books and so it's 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 keeps me busy you know <laughs> gives me something yeah. to do while i'm working but yeah here was a book i was oh nice to, yeah so nice yeah i read a lot of this uh well i mean i'm only in the second book and there's seven this year so i get a lot to go nice plus i'm reading the chaos walking series my teacher, my teacher gave me the first book, so and he doesn't have the second and third, so I gotta wait for my library to get that in. But I have a lot of reading to do, so that's awesome, man. Take advantage of it while you've got time to just sit and read. I remember in high school, I would spend a lot of time just chilling and reading, and I like going backpacking a lot. Uh, one of the reasons I like backpacking is I usually bring with me part of whatever book I'm reading in physical form, and then I can sit down and actually read. Because um, I'm away from my cell phone and I'm away from my uh, my computer and everything, and so just get out into the woods and hang out and actually get a chance to read. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. As I said, I like to read physical books, so whenever I can, uh, I I read. Uh, it's always been the way with me because whenever I was in ELA, sometimes my ELA teachers tell me to put down my book. That's how invested I am. So that like when when you're when the teacher who's trying to teach you about reading tells you to put down your book, that's yeah. that's that's when you know that you actually read too much. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It's awesome. So do you ever like write characters just for yourself? Like just make creatures for yourself? Like just like maybe like sit down, write an orc, just like like look at it? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, I Dungeon Master uh, for a couple of games, and so um, constantly writing stuff. I've got Google Docs upon Google Docs of 
characters and storylines and world building and and uh, so I'm either writing stuff like that or I'm drawing a lot of stuff. Um, I I have a comic I've been writing since like 2013 that may end up just being a book at some point just because I don't have time to illustrate it. It's yeah, I'm constantly coming up with stories. I think the one of the big like core things about being an artist is storytelling, right? It's like about it's all about like how can I inject story into the everything from like a sword to a character to everything like, you know, if you're drawing a sword, like what is what is the sword story? What's it, what is it telling, you know? Who uses the sword and what about the sword illustrates that? And so yeah, storytelling is is probably one of the biggest aspects of doing concept art and visual development and work like that. And so, yeah, I'm I'm constantly coming up with ideas and writing them down and then forgetting about them. <laughs> so, yeah, it happens a bunch. All right. So, um, is there anything that you want the audience to know that uh, we haven't covered? I'd just say for any uh, inspi- uh, like aspiring game developers or game designers like it's such an awesome career to be in and you know the game industry makes more money than the film industry does now uh so it's like oh really i didn't know that oh yeah the game industry makes billions and billions per year and so everything from mobile games to you know console games to pc games and so it's a huge industry it's definitely one that if you're a gamer like it's harder to be a professional gamer that you know that's like it's like it's like there's plenty of jobs in the NBA doing stuff for the NBA that aren't professional basketball players. Right. You right. know, um, it's kind of like that with with uh, with games. You know, there's there's tons of game development jobs and there's tons of career paths in game development. And you know, that was one of the the greatest parts is that I can feed my family and live comfortably while drawing and making art so yeah it's definitely definitely a possibility so anybody who's thinking about it like go for it you know it's definitely a viable career that's awesome so finally is there anyone that you think i should interview for the show anyone you know anyone just just generally anyone oh man i i mean there's a bunch of artists that i know um that would be good but i think it'd be cool too to get like a game designer to get somebody who's a game designer on who does the like the planning and designing of games um, because that's a whole entire other aspect of games beside, beside the art, making it all work, you know. So I, I'd have to think of like who would be a good idea for that, but I, I know a handful of game designers who are awesome. Oh, yeah. We've had a, a game writer on here, like a narrative yeah. director. The, that was a really cool interview because um, at the time we were talking about like all the games that he's done. He's done a lot of mobile games and stuff, and uh, and it was it was really cool to meet him. And uh, it was a very interesting conversation about like branching dialogues, how he writes dialogues. It was kind of like yours actually, like how you write characters and and uh, yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a while the, though. I've had the chance to do a, a little bit of writing for games, which is awesome. When I when I worked at Epic. I mostly worked on a couple smaller games, like, and uh, I got to write some expansions and stuff for some stuff that'll never see the light of day. But uh, but I did get to do some writing for it, and I got to write some comics and some things like that for it. And, and writing for games is super fun too. It's just you know, it's like writing for fantasy worlds, and so yeah, a lot of, it's a lot of fun. That'd be be a really cool career path as well as to do writing writing for games. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Christopher, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I'm so glad we were able to discuss your career as an artist and concept creator. I'm always excited for the audience to learn about the many different careers that you can have in gaming. For those listening, please make sure you follow Christopher on all of his social media platforms. More importantly, please make sure you take a look at some of his incredible artwork. Thanks for listening to this episode of A Gamer Story Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for me, you can reach me directly at thegamestory.com. Thanks for listening.